0: Greetings. I am X51. You are listening to the Bullpen Bledons Podcast. Despite my best efforts to persuade them to cease their activities, Vince D and David Price continue to spread their pestilence among new flesh bags. They make me wish my batteries were made by Sony. Damn kids never listen. I can to red he-
1: Okay out there in Marveland, face front, this is Stan Lee speaking.
2: Hey, who made you a this jockey Lee?
1: Well well, Jolly Jack Herbie. By the way, Jack, the readers have been complaining about Sue's hairdo again.
3: What am I supposed to do? Be a hairdresser? Next time I'll
4: draw a bald head. Welcome to Comic Geek Speak, I'm Peter Rios. And this is Around Comics, I'm Tom Caters. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not. It's the Bullpen Bulletins podcast, a celebration of all things Marvel. I'm your host, Vince B. And I'm David Price. And we actually made it. We made it through our first episode. How about that? And r-
3: relatively unscathed.
4: Yeah, it was a lot of fun, and, you know, we seem to be getting fairly decent feedback out of it, you know. No death threats, no uh, X-lax in the chocolate, you know, so it, it worked out. It worked out really well.
3: My brownies tasted a little funny, but...
4: I, I like those brownies. There.
3: Yeah, those are good, though.
4: Those are Jim Starlin brownies.
3: Oh, okay.
4: Yeah. This episode, we plan to take a little stroll through the Marvel Previews catalog for November... You know, checking See, you're,
3: out. You're, you're going to stroll through it. I'm pretty much going to stop at the inside cover there with that Alan Davis image from uh, Fantastic Four, the end number one.
4: Oh, we'll get there soon enough. Don't don't reveal your cards, buddy.
3: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
4: you got to know and hold them.
3: I think everybody pretty much knows where I stand.
4: Yeah. But before we get there, I thought we'd uh, talk a little bit about uh, recent books that we've read. That we enjoyed. Now I got my DCBS uh, order uh, Tuesday. The first thing I reached for was the Marvel Zombies hardcover. Now I, I heard a lot about it, and uh, I was originally planning on picking up the individual issues. But once I saw the first one sell out, and then they did a, you know an alternate cover and a variant, and then the second happened with the second issue. I, I thought I'd hold off. And because uh, I knew they'd collect it, Marvel's real good about stuff like that. And I sat down this afternoon, and I read the whole thing in one sitting. And I have to say, it has to be the best book I've read in a long, long time. Wow! Yeah, I no hyperbole, no exaggeration. This series was great from from the first page to the last. I mean, there, Kirkman nailed it. The the uh Well, when you're working with established characters like that, it's all about what kind of situations you can put them in uh, other than what we've seen them before. I mean, and they're zombies. So he had pretty much a head start there. But without spoiling
3: anything, because I was... I, I haven't read it yet, and I wasn't sure as to, you know, what aside from everybody being a zombie, what the premise was. So just, I mean, is this an alternate, like like an Exiles type story where, you know, it's just an alternate Earth? Is this, you know, is this based in some sort of Marvel reality in any way, shape, or form in any of their universes? Well,
4: yeah, it spirals out of um, Mark Millar's Ultimate Fantastic Four. Okay. W- when um, Reed and Company got shunted off to that other dimension and they met their zombie equivalents and, you well, I won't blow that for you but yeah it it's uh it's directly uh related to ultimate ff okay. does it
3: recap but that in any way or is it just a straight standalone story
4: you don't even have to know that they okay. i think they do mention it once in there but like uh one of the characters says gee it, w- it would be great if we had reed here to help us out but you know naturally that's that's not doesn't factor into the story at all but okay. the the events in this book, I, every issue had a holy shit moment. No, the, yeah, it was so good. I mean, I, I'll spoil. I'm not. I'm not going to be in the habit of spoiling things because you know people want to enjoy their books. But there's right. one part in. Um, <laughs> I think it's the first. First, no, it's the second issue where uh, a certain cosmic being comes down. I won't say who, but let's just say his. Um, Skin is pretty thick, and Wolverine goes to whack at him with the claws, and he ends up ripping the claws out of his forearm because they won't penetrate the this guy's hide. (laughs) So he's standing there, and he's like, "Oh well," (laughs) you know. the The claws are hanging out, and his bones are shattered in the arm. It's so cool. (laughs) It is so. That's the thing about this book. It's a total geek out book. Every page has something in there that you would say oh that, you know that is so neat and Sean Phillips it, i mean the perfect artist for this project he just he nailed it every every uh every character was perfect the atmosphere was appropriately dark and you know decrepit and gro- gloomy and the buildings were all messed up and just just an excellent series if if you were ever thinking about picking that up do it um and what's cool about it is in the back of the book they reproduce all of the variant covers. Arthur Sudum's um covers. And I'll tell you, that guy is a force to be reckoned with. I mean you look at his stuff and it you know, it's very painterly. There's there's you know, lo- uh, sweeping brush strokes in it and very loose, but it's kinda deceptive because he, he uh he hides these little pockets of detail where you can look at them forever, like the the texture in the in a skull, or in like the the flesh hanging off Spider-Man's you know neck. It's just there's these little tiny little universes of detail in the thing. The guy's an amazing artist, That's and um, nice. I, I looked at those covers, and I tell you, they brought back the. Uh, the days of uh, Jim Warren's books—I mean, any one of those would be a perfect fit on the cover of eerie or creepy, or you know, those 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 magazines. Just so good and so disgusting. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> and uh, you know, the the source material, the famous covers that he took them from—you you can't go wrong there. It was brilliant. I think that was uh, Casada's idea to do that—to
3: do the, uh, the the homages, yeah, milages.
4: yeah. And uh, I, the best one, I think, is the uh, the cover, the Secret Wars. That is really cool. It, it, I saw that. It's an excellent package all around. Just, uh, I, I don't want to gush because I, I can. I don't want to sound like a little fanboy, but yeah. well, well, I am. But you know, it it was amazing book. Just great.
3: Oh, well, that's great. Yeah. Huh. How about you? Well, uh, I don't have anything that grand. I do. Um and I really don't have anything that recent. There's, um, I'm in the middle of reading Eternals number two, which I think so far I'm enjoying more than the setup issue than number one, but I, I won't go into that. The only, and, um, the one Marvel story that I did read recently, uh, were the five issues of the defenders mini by, uh, Giffen, DeMatteis and Maguire. um, I read those five issues and I got a kick out of it. It was definitely uh, Giffen and De Mateus, Um, You know, you really, they, they can write for anybody, any team. And, and, and it always is going to feel like, like their kind of story. And, and it, uh, I wasn't sure how it was going to work, especially with, uh, with Silver Surfer. And i really didn't have to worry about that character. Um, they I thought they did a great job with Banner and and the Hulk. Namor was fabulous because he he acted in a very similar vein that he did in the Avengers Illuminati special. Um but there was just a lot more humor and biting sarcasm attached to it. So you it, you could definitely see that it was the same character. Um and and dr strange i i always just i always get a kick out of dr strange uh so it was it was a um the the team was nice to to uh to read about in in these issues and um and and the villain the main the main villain was uh Dormemu and he um he basically was just trying to become a god and there was in getting this um since we were talking about alternate universes, timelines, things like that, there was a alternate Earth where uh, Dormammu made 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 the universe, made Earth in in uh, in in an image he wanted it to be in, and uh, so there were doppelgangers of all the Marvel heroes, of of Wolverine, of Daredevil, of Spider-Man, of of Cyclops, and it was neat picking out. Which hero was which and everybody's dark and grey and, and uh it, it but without rambling too much more it was it was it was a nice story, it was uh it was cute, it um it wasn't you know, life altering, it wasn't uh something that um you know, there isn't it's not steeped in continuity where, you know, the last issue and you'll you know, it goes right into whatever next big event was. It was just it's a nice um Oh, it's a nice uh, standalone. Yeah, but it's it's um, not a departure, but it's just well, I guess it kind of is a departure. It's just it's you know a little something different. It's it's a little bit more lighthearted than anything heavy going on right now in either the X Men universe or, or with, or with Civil War or with Annihilation or anything like that. It's just it's I I, I do believe it's traded,
4: isn't it? I don't know. It could be. I'm not. I think I'm not, not sure. it's been out long
3: enough or or finished. It finished right before i think civil war so if it, if it's not traded i'm sure it will be soon it was a um it was a, it was not, i mean if if you like giffen de and Maguire, if you like what they did for uh for the distinguished competition if if you uh if if you enjoyed their stories with their characters you'll enjoy this it 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 definitely had a nice little um marvel flavor to it there was there was some edge there that you might not normally see with the other guys but uh, but it was it, you could tell it was a Marvel book and you could tell it was a Marvel book written by them and, and I haven't seen Kevin McGuire on a Marvel book since um, Captain America Sentinel of Liberty and I don't know if he's done anything more for Marvel between the two but that was just the last thing I remember him doing for
4: Marvel and that was a great series too I the
3: first three issues were they got a fill in for the right. fourth and I never read it
4: yeah uh, speaking of uh, the defenders mini as i was reading that uh Dormammu's sister what was her umar. name umar right there were certain parts of that book where i got the sneaky suspicion that the way mcguire drew it was not the way that it showed up in the final product like they strategically maybe painted on panties here or there and um
3: she was wearing like a black bikini where i think maybe i could i could see where you're coming from right
4: well i sent an email to chris sotomayor okay the, the colorist cuz he was right. a he was a a poster on the cgs board and i said you know just between you and me did you have to dicker with this art and he said yeah they they thought it was a little bit too risqué for an all ages book and they had him go in and you know Conceal and, little things here and there, and
3: that, and that surprised me because things that were that surprised me that it was an all ages book. I had to keep looking at the uh, on the cover because there were a lot of things going on. Never mind what she was or wasn't wearing, but the innuendo and 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 her uh, her flirtations with with the Hulk, and okay. there were a lot of th- and and even the way some things that were said between Namor and Banner, and and and, and Dormammu and Umar, and you know, I I really I was really surprised that yeah. it. It, it did have the all ages tag on it. I heard the the
4: Hulk ruined her for for future men.
3: I'm sure he did. Yeah.
4: That's got to be tough. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, wow. That's uh... But uh anyway, this week uh like I said I got my DC BS box and every Marvel book I've read so far has been just balls to the wall great. Um uh Hulk 97. Are you reading Planet Hulk?
3: unfortunately not oh not you yet. really
4: should it I is i know I should it's incredible so good um it's taking a a weird turn right now but uh yeah it's too far gone for you to catch up now um i'm thinking they're gonna they're gonna omnibus this sucker
3: that'd be nice yeah
4: and uh the guidebook that came out a while back, I still haven't finished it. I I, I, <laughs> I I started reading it before we went to Chicago and I'm not even halfway done with it. That it oh, wow. is just jam packed with information. Wolverine forty five. Have you read it?
3: Haven't gotten it yet.
4: Wow.
3: Oh wait, 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 wait. Okay, you're gonna have to
4: It's the switch. one with the submariner tussle on the front.
3: Okay, then no. I have the issue right before it. I have 44. Yeah, so good. Okay.
4: Um, Umberto Ramos is one of my favorite artists, and I think he's just nailing it. Just re- Um, if you're not a fan of exaggeration, w- like there are people who see Wolverine in a certain light that, you know, they don't like to, uh, have uh, deviation from like everybody sees a lot of people see uh, Wolverine in the Frank miller way you know uh Ramos takes a little bit of liberties with the character, yeah you know, but uh it's a fantastic book um I've never read a Guggenheim before oh, I'm sure this. you've
3: seen I'm sure you've seen some of his things since he you know he like like all good comic writers nowadays he seems to come from other media
4: right, yeah. But uh, I'll tell you, he's doing a, a really good job. On I've I've never bought. I mean, let's say the the last time I bought a Wolverine comic book, he was wearing the patch, and oh and God. and walking around in Madripoor. Yeah, it's been uh-huh. a, it's been a long time. Ultimate Spidey is really good right now. Ninety eight and ninety nine. Uh, certain things are happening. In uh, this is called the Clone Saga, <laughs> of all things. Um, it it's just. Wow. Uh without leave without giving too much away, uh a certain character comes back from the dead. Oh, yeah. It's really cool. And that's the thing about Ultimate Spider-Man. I think that is Bendis's perfect match. That is the book where he excels. He just, he just seems to to uh know those uh two characters, uh Peter and MJ so well, and he writes them with with such clarity, the dialogue is just perfect. That um, I th- I think that's the those are the two characters with which he identifies the most. Like uh, Stan and Jack, I guess you can say they're the most uh, identify the most with the Fantastic Four. I think right. Bendis is going to go down for with uh, Ultimate Spider Man as his uh, his I don't want to say masterpiece, but it, it's it's come pretty close. I can see that. Power Records presents
1: Man-Thing in Night of the Laughing Dead. The swamp, a bubbling bed of life of which you are a part. Once you were a man, a chemist named Ted Salas, but the syrup that was to have made you a super soldier combined with strange forces in the swamp to make you over into the Man-Thing. But your former existence seems a far-off dream to you, doesn't it? Less than a dream, in fact. No longer able to reason... You now function on emotion, those few which you still feel. You can feel what others feel. You can understand those feelings. But emotions are often as ambiguous as words, and sometimes they are even more so. Consider this weeping clown, for example. What does he feel now as he raises a gun to his temple, as the tears roll down his grease-painted cheeks? You may never know, for across the marshland comes a single devastatingly final shot That prods you into action. You attempt to hurry to the source of the evil sound. But no matter, you are too late. It was too late before you began. And all you can do is stare through hazy crimson eyes at the little clown's corpse and reflect on the buried fragments of memories brought to the surface by the ugly sight. You remember how the man you were fought to protect his scientific discovery. You remember more, the blinding moments of escape, the knowledge that he had to destroy the vial and perhaps at the same time, destroy himself. And so, Ted Salas did what had to be done. Memory. You recall the transformation, the mingling of the chemical with the swamp waters around him, the stark shock to his metabolism, and the bitter ending of his sanity. Slowly, mercifully, the memories end. And the man who was once Ted Salas, whose body has become that of a swamp-roaming creature, forgets again what once he knew. It's better that way. It's better. As those thoughts fade, Your gaze falls upon something at the dead man's foot. But you wonder, could these little scrawls on this thin white leaf explain why the man took his own life? But wait, another flash of recollection from your former life. Foo? Few? Funeral? Humans bury their dead, so this one must be laid to rest. And so you take the body deep into the marsh. While events take shape miles away that will transform this already somber evening into something more terrifying by far.
4: Uh, you know, I haven't gotten around to reading a lot. I read Annihilation number one. It was a solid read.
3: Yeah, yeah, I did. I, uh, th- I thought I, I did. I thought it was a. I thought it was a solid read. And the, um, you know, I'll, I did order the uh, the next two issues. So we'll. Uh, I'll probably. Being only a six-issue mini, I'm sure I'll stick with that just to see where uh, where it goes. Because I don't know a lot about uh, Marvel's cosmic uh, cosmic characters, so it'd be nice if I at least you know had had some ideas to who they were, what they were doing, and and in a few months' time, if if I look back, and have to um, recall anything about Marvel's cosmic heroes or characters. I can at least you know say, well, back in Annihilation, so. I'll stick with that many uh the um the the one marvel book that I did read recently um it was after it was after defenders and right before um me getting into uh the eternals number two i did sit down with ultimate fantastic four annual number two and the I figured I'd I'd read it because the last time I read an Ultimate Fantastic Four was the last part the last issue of the Doom story back in issue twelve I think and it looks like I now have a complete Ultimate Mole Man collection <laughs> with with those issues from one through twelve and now with uh, with this annual because that uh, that's the main villain of the story uh, I I decided I get this issue because with Mike Carey writing it writing the the main Ultimate Fantastic Four starting uh starting uh, last month, I figured I'll give the annual a shot just to, you know, get an idea as to what the what to expect. And the the story wasn't wasn't bad. It was you know, I, it, it it reminded me of, of a typical annual back from Marvel's Days of Yore. Um it was uh it was a nice story, nice done in one story where it wasn't, you know, there are things that they can refer back to later, which is nice, but uh the the art I like the Mole Man's flashback sequences. I like the uh the art in in those sequences, in those panels. Um Emman's art at times, if it wasn't for the skin tone or the complexion or the coloring on the characters, especially the women, I would not be able to tell the women apart, especially the two student scientists, um, the blonde, and uh, and I believe the uh, she Indian. And there was a couple of page, couple of panels there where, if they weren't colored correctly, I wouldn't have been able to tell which woman was which. But and that's and I, I'm I'm enjoying the hell out of his art on Next Wave. I enjoyed his stuff with. Uh, legion and it just the art wasn't wasn't horrible by any means it was still it was a nice story it's, it's just I don't know a lot about the ultimate ff except for those first 12 issues and their appearances in the ultimate Warren Ellis trilogy uh, nightmare extinction and secret so I'm not fully versed in the fantastic four of the ultimate universe so I'm still getting a feel for Reed and Johnny and and Sue and I like Ben. I like Sue because she's not the Sue Storm Richards that we're aware of in the 616 universe. She's a very very smart, very um very very much more Reed's equal than she is in uh in in the Fantastic Four we're used to. I think. I like I said I like Ben. I I I'm getting a kick out of out of the younger read, um, and Johnny's that that typical you know just can be that that typical annoying kid, you know, be the baby brother or just you know the kid that just keeps popping up. But overall, it's it's a good team. So I am I I am glad that I'll um, I'm looking forward to reading uh, Ultimate Fantastic Four from uh, from 33 on. So I think that'll be my next read.
4: Yeah. See, I thought it was. Really well done. I, I really enjoyed the carefree kind of air it had. I mean, there was never really a sense that the FF were in any kind of danger or the, the kids were, you know, the, the, that their lives were in danger. But um, the, the artwork, I think, was really solid. Um, traditionally, art on Marvel Annuals has not always been the greatest. I don't think anybody can t- call, you know, Stur- Stuart Eminent uh, a schlub he's he's you know top class right uh i i i thought it was a, a nice easy going read it was fun Yeah. You know, i didn't really exp- and Carey was very surprising he seemed to have latched onto the personalities of the characters you know really quickly because if you compare um once you read uh ultimate fantastic four number 33 it's he's he's got a handle on these characters which is really good and he's done excellent yeah pretty quickly which is cool,
3: beautiful, beautiful there so you I'm, go I'm, uh so that's that's pretty much my marvel reads from from uh from our last episode I mean God, I can't believe it's it's friday already we're gonna um i do have uh the last few issues of x factor on the pile um and uh and I still have a bunch of stuff. From Chicago, that was uh, that was Marvel related that I have to get to. So, I'll um, I'll be knee deep in Marvel for a while, no doubt.
4: Yeah, and you'll be a little deeper because tomorrow's Comic Book Day. We're a day we're a day late this week.
3: Yes, we are. This
4: is true. Um,
3: we'll uh, hopefully I'll be able to get to the shop this weekend because the reason I had I, I had so many issues to pick up was because last week was the first time I was there in a few weeks so um you know the the shop owner knows with my schedule and his schedule that I can't get there one every week um and he's he's a uh he's he's a nice enough guy where I can just you know I I show up when I can as long as I get my order in on time I was um I was a day late a couple months ago but it wasn't uh, wasn't the end of the world he was still able to get me everything so he's you know he's um he's extremely, um, customer service centric. He, uh, he knows, you know, he, and he, he seems to, you know, know what, um, what it is that I'm, I'm, I'm interested in. So, uh, that that's always a good thing. So like I said, tomorrow is comic book day. Hopefully I'll get there this weekend and, um, I can try to, uh, get caught up on everything that, that I, uh, that I need to be caught up on. And I'm curious to know what uh, what your feelings are on the Daily Bugle monthly newspaper.
4: I think it's a neat idea. It uh, harkens back to the Marvel Age magazine a little bit, right? Yeah, right. a little bit. Uh, I I think it's a good thing. Um, th- are these they giving these away for free? Or it look if if I'm looking closely enough on that
3: cover, I think just like the Civil War edition that came out a couple weeks back, a couple months back, the uh, it's going to be fifty cents.
4: Well, that's I mean, come on that's cool
3: what else are you going to spend 50 cents
4: right it's not going to break anybody
3: right I mean it's. it looks like um, I mean it, it's there's it looks like yeah a chock full of interviews solicits a monthly checklist of sale titles so I'm not it looks like it is going to be something similar to Marvel Age uh, where the only other uh, the only other alternative would be is if it were an actual Daily Bugle newspaper where it's you know, events going on in Marvel from the eyes of, of J. Jonah Jameson. That would be which it, it would be neat. I mean, it would be neat to be a, a flip book, a flip bugle, where you could, uh, you know, have one half all about J. Jonah Jameson and his feelings on everything and, and, you know, Marvel information on the other. But right above that, I need to ask about this whole Young Guns 06 reload. Yeah. There are a couple of guys on this list that have been doing comics for quite some time. I agree. Lennel U for one. I mean, he's he was drawn Uncanny X Men a few years back. He was he's he's worked for a lot of places and you know, when I hear young guns, when I for Marvel to promote, you know, a young gun, I'm thinking someone that, you know, they just grabbed out of a talent pool or just someone who you haven't seen much of and Marvel saying this guy's gonna blow up, but a couple of these names here already
4: have. Right. Like uh Pasquale Ferry. That that's like calling Ron Lim a young guy. gun. <laughs> yeah, y- you know? <laughs> because I mean that Heroes for Hire series that he did with uh what was it, Stern and Ostrander? That's going was back Was that
3: Heroes for Hire or was it just Iron Fist?
4: No, I think it was Heroes for Hire. That's going okay. back, what, close to 10 years. And I, he was working on the, uh, 2099. <laughs> the, twen- <laughs> the 2099 stuff. The World, of, the World of Tomorrow magazine, when they consolidated all the titles into one magazine. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. he did that. And uh, Scott Collins also did Heroes for Hire. I okay. think uh, Pascal Ferry lasted about 10 or 12 issues on that, maybe. And uh, Scott Collins did one in between there. Yeah, now, it's a it's I'm, a decent enough series.
3: The now what about Ariel Olivetti? What else has uh, I, mean, I know he's doing Punisher War Journal, and I've um, he's done work for the uh, for the guys down the street, right? Yeah.
4: See, when I th- think of Ariel Olivetti, I think of a cover artist primarily. Yeah. Yeah. The man is great with paint.
3: But one name. And maybe maybe this name was under the original Young Guns from a couple of years ago. Um, Jim Chung. So if he wasn't part of the list in 2004, why the hell isn't he on this list?
4: Maybe he pissed in cassada's Coffee. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'll take
3: Jim Chung over <laughs> Billy Tan any day.
4: Oh, you and me both. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, come on. Yeah, I, Billy Tan, he's decent enough, but he just doesn't... There's nothing there to spark my interest. It looks. No. It remind his style reminds me a little bit too much of the Image years.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely.
4: Yeah. yeah. That, that, that scratchy. Yeah. You're right. You're right. He's very capable though, but there's really nothing inspired about his work. No, you're absolutely right. Yeah. And but I, I mean, and
3: the fact that he's on X Men just blows my mind.
4: I think the uh, good thing about a list like this is it draws attention. To artists' work that were may have been overlooked a little bit. Like, you know, so what if Pascal Ferry uh, has been working in the business for a while? His, his art is fantastic and more people should should pay attention. Yes. But uh, I think that the two names on this list, Simone Bianchi and Clayton Crane, now, I, I'm really surprised every once in a while I'll stumble upon an artist whose style is unlike anything out there and for two guys to hit at the same time both of whom have completely unique styles like Simone Bianchi when I saw his work on um, a mini-series for the Distinguished Competition one of the Seven Soldiers series I thought he's not going to be working for them for long (laughs) because talk about solid the guy has an has a, a style that's so organic and um, very very painterly. Uh, sometimes his figures they almost look like gesture drawings. They're so loose, very fluid. And then Clayton Crane, who who seems to be, you know, from another dimension altogether. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> his stuff is ungodly. It's just so detailed and, and uh, just creepy. I mean, his his yeah, his. I'd, I'd go with
3: creepy. His yeah. Spider Man is just is more than lanky.
4: Uh, he, I, I think Clayton Crane was the only reason to buy that Ghost Rider miniseries that hit uh, a while back. I mean, you know, Ennis didn't really...
3: Kind of phoned it in. Yeah. I didn't avoid that mini, but I didn't go out of my way to get it, so I still have not read it. Right. Um, and Nothing... because of the current Ghost Rider doesn't really tie into it too much, I'm really in no rush to run out and get it.
4: Yeah, it was by the numbers Ennis.
3: But it did look pretty, you're right.
4: Oh, it was fantastic. Not a lot of meat on them bones. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I mean, as a whole, this list is is really solid. The only one I have any kind of uh misgivings about is Billy Tan, but
3: Yeah, yeah, that's one big reservation right there. Yeah. And I think maybe the list is a little short. I mean just, just, just these half dozen guys.
4: Yeah. What about Jim Chung?
3: Get that's him what on there. that's right. Oh, what about? Oh no, but you know someone else who's been in the business for ages. That
4: should probably be young on this list. What about Greg Land? You're baiting me. <laughs> <laughs> Let Let's save that till we get to the page, buddy. <laughs> oh, well, it's only a page away. I know, Tomorrow. but it's it's gonna be worth the wait. <laughs> All
3: right.
4: And uh, now I have not read an issue of Astonishing X Men. I've heard many, many good things about it, but... Yeah, we need to rectify that. Man. Yeah. It's, it's um, a great, great series. See, you say that, too, and I just... From what I've read and seen out of the mind of Joss Whedon, I don't know. I, I mean, Buffy did absolutely nothing for me.
3: You, okay, so don't even... That's like that's like saying, wow, Steven Spielberg made E.T. Why am I going to go see Schindler's List? It's You're like, right. It, 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 You're it's right. just... This is don't have any, you can't go in with any preconceived notion. You, you, okay, you know who the X-Men are. You know who Wolverine is. You know who Cyclops is. You know who White Queen is. You know who Beast and Kitty is. You know who these characters are. You just don't know what Joss can do with them. And what's really unique is that you know, oh, Wolverine's on my X-Team. Let me make sure he's in every panel on every page. Wolverine's a background character. You see Logan, like, occasionally. He's not, you know, he he's not even... I think Hugh Jackman had more lines as Wolverine in the first X-Men movie towards the end, where he just, you know, called Cyclops' names and things like that. There were just... There's not a lot of Wolverines, so you're not, you're not going to buy this book for Wolverine. You're buying this because it's a good story about this team. And speaking of the X-Men movies, there are some of the um, aspects of the first story arc actually played into, um, or they, they used in, in the third X-Men movie. Um, every, every issue has been really great to look at and it's, it's a nice read. It's, um, it's just, it's a different X-Men tale. It's not, um, slam, wham, boom, you know, nothing crazy, nothing kinetic. It's just, it's a nice, um, Nice well written story. Cassidy does a really good job in his rendition of these characters.
4: It's uh Oh you just, can't you can't
3: knock Cassidy. Oh god no. No. I that, mean there might be a couple of scenes here and there where someone might look a little stiff, but for the most part, you know, it's they they just they and like I mean Well I see I nothing
4: stiff about that cover. No, that no, cover definitely is not. Sweet.
3: I mean he draws a great beast little um, bit uh,
4: of a uh, Frank Quitely vibe coming yes, from that Beast. Yes,
3: because it's still that 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 Catman Beast, which I'm not familiar with how he... I didn't read the Morrison run, so I don't know about um, Beast being cat-like.
4: Yeah, one demerit uh, for you, buddy.
3: I know. But the on is coming, right? Oh, yeah. So, okay. Um, actually, this last one, I'm, I'm curious to know... the The last issue I read might have been 14. So I'm a couple behind. Um, I am curious to know how how the current storyline, not the one that's going to start in November, but the current storyline, how that plays in with things. Because I know this really isn't heavy in the continuity. Like you have X-Men and Uncanny X-Men and that is astonishing. They really don't... The other two don't intersect with this at all. So it's kind of on its own Right. But what did
4: Casada I mean, uh, say that uh, this series skirts I mean, like, between the between raindrops? The rain. Yeah, exactly.
3: Because there were some things going on with the White Queen, in in the current story arc that's going on right now, where you know she's acting a little different than the way she did when she was talking to Tony Stark in Civil War. And I don't know if she plays a part in the current X Men books, but I I am, you know, just for what she's doing. And how she's acting in this series, you know, I'm sticking around for it. because, to be honest, now she's acting like the White Queen I know, and not like the White Queen and that's like you know why the hell's the White Queen on the X-Men? So, and that's the other thing I don't is is was the White Queen being on the X-Men a uh, uh, Morrison thing also, or was that happening? Before oh yeah, you came on? no, she okay. was a
4: part. Yeah.
3: Okay. So you can tell by the cover and in the first paragraph, you know, the first sentence. So that's already kind of spoiled for anybody who didn't read the first 12 issues but Colossus is back and hey I mean if if Colossus is is an X-Men again or is alive again then, then I have no problems with that
4: Yeah, what a way to go out though yeah
3: that's true the only rooms left
5: Are my deluxe. Come on, Richard, we'll find another... Uh Uh-uh, lady,
2: not tonight. I'm exhausted.
5: I'll just bet. Uh, That'll be uh, $22.40, including
1: tax. These two young people are Richard Rory and Ruth Hart. Two old friends of yours, man-thing.
2: Well, that was a hassle, wasn't it? I'll see. I'll bet he's a reform school reject. But, you know, I haven't got the energy to argue with him, not now.
5: Maybe we can go to the carnival tomorrow. Carnival? Sure. See the trucks over there? They must be playing a town around here. Boss, Mr. Garvey, Daryl's gone. Run away. We've got to go after him. We can't lose the show's only clown. And besides, he was terribly upset tonight. I'm afraid of what he might do. Please, Mr. Garvey, if he does something rash, you'll be oh!
6: I'll be the boss of this three-ring loney farm, just like before, you hear? And if you
0: don't
2: like it, you can scram Holy cow, Ruth, did you see that? Richard, wait, you don't know... Them's your options, sailor.
0: Either you...
2: Huh? Hold it right
6: there, buster Oh, run along, sonny You heard the man, Twipe, scram See? He's the boss He's my boss And I don't like nobody messing with my boss Oh, boy No, sir, I don't like it at all Now, I'd advise you to blow While you still got legs to walk on It ain't wise to get Trag mad at you twice.
2: Trag? The world's strongest man? Gosh, that's who hit me.
5: Whoever you are, you've got to get out of
2: here. She's right, Richard. Please, take me
5: with you.
6: Hey, boss, Ailis leaving too.
5: Step on it, lover. Trag doesn't look happy about this. In fact, I think he and DeBoss plan to follow us. I don't care about them.
2: I just want to find Daryl. My poor clown. First, we find another motel. I've got to get to sleep. We can go Claribel hunting tomorrow, Miss... You haven't told us your name, Miss, or why you're looking for a clown.
5: I'm sorry, it's Ale Apprentice. I'm a highwire artist with the carnival, and I'm trying to keep my clown from destroying himself. You see, I loved Daryl, but I betrayed him. He stopped laughing, stopped living, just
2: wanted to die.
5: Stop! Pull over there, that's his car.
2: Sure, okay.
5: There he is, and thank the Lord he's alive. Daryl, I'm here. Daryl! Daryl, what's wrong? Can't you see me? It's Ayla. Why
2: doesn't he answer? He acts as if he doesn't know who I am. Maybe his mind is just totally snapped. That's so. It's my fault. Whoa, where do you think you're going? It's dangerous out there. Let
5: go of me. I have to go after him. It's my fault. He's like this. Richard, look at this. I think
2: it's a suicide note was not exaggerating. a little guy is in a bad way, to
5: say the least.
2: Okay, then we go, but slowly, carefully. Remember, the next log you step on could have teeth.
4: Well, I have ordered nineteen, so I'm on board from this issue on. For <laughs> the last story arc. Yeah. Well, better okay. late than never. <laughs>
5: this is true. Uh, good point. Good I, point.
4: Yeah, I think the uh, first twelve are um, traded in hardcover, aren't they? I uh,
3: I know this actually. I have the first volume. Volume one is gifted. I think that's the that's issues one through six. So I know they have the first two stories in two separate trades. Mm -hmm. If it is hardcover, it probably is one through thirteen or one through
4: twelve. Yeah, I'll pick that up in a second. Okay. Moving on to Ultimate Fantastic Four, number thirty-six, and I look at these two facing pages. And I think it's it's pretty ironic that you get the absolute best Marvel has to offer on the left, juxtaposed against the absolute worst on the right. You know, it's look at Pascal Ferry's art. The, the man can draw the shit out of anything. Organic, yeah. machinery architecture i mean and he has a a style that's so rich i mean there's a the the personal stamp is on everything he draws uh, look at his line his line is so fluid it just it just seems to flow from the guy and then you got greg land you know well,
3: i don't know let's see that's that, that that's who's who's portraying invisible girl there that's um was that like uh, Jenna, Jenna <laughs> is that Jenna Jenna Jameson probably
4: trace 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 sue's booty <laughs> Trey <Traceous> booty. <laughs> thank really? you very much. I can sing the rest of the song for you, but I won't. Oh, oh thank you. Um, no, I, I, not, I mean, the guy probably is very serious about his art, and he's a human being with feelings, but I don't think he's suited for the job. He's not a sequential artist. I mean, if you want to put him on a cover, great. He can handle that, but... In terms of a flow and a, and a readability and doing things um, in a manner that will, you know, entice the reader to, to experience what go, what goes on on the page, I don't see it. I mean, many times I've tagged uh, an image he's done and immediately the reference image pinged into my mind and it just ripped me right out of the story. I believe it. You know, I mean reference is very important for an illustrator but if it if it pulls the reader out of the story and if it becomes a crutch where you know you rely on it to the point where it saps the soul out of your work uh, w- what good is it it's, it's, it's I, don't, I don't see why this man is as popular as he is it just no, boggles right. my mind
3: Absolutely
4: right. You right. know, I have his autograph.
3: Oh, that's right. On yeah, the program from Wizard World. Yes. When
4: uh, Chris and Sean took great pains to get me that autograph, and um, I guess Chris it's and t- Sal, yeah, Chris and Sal, Sean, Who's Sean? Um, <laughs> the the uh, I guess it took a lot longer than they had planned because when they were at Greg Land's booth, uh, he had to leave to go get his light box so he can trace his signature. <laughs> I got a million of them. Uh, Oh, man, and they're (laughs) all about him. (laughs) No. um, Yeah, uh, nothing personal, but stop, stop, stop doing, stop doing the sequential art.
3: But at least, at least this, this covers a homage to uh, a Gil Kane piece of art.
4: Homage? I mean, at least,
3: well, it says, you know, Landon Ryan after Gil Kane and Dave Cockrum, so. yeah.
4: Well, I was, uh, you know, we trolled the boards with the best of them, and there was a couple comments on Ultimate Fantastic Four number 33, which recently came out, about um, Pasquale Ferry's art. A couple guys said, you know, the art's just not doing it for me. I'm not feeling it. And that, my head almost exploded, because I I can't fathom how anyone could look at this magnificent art and not come away from it saying that, hey... You know, this guy's got his shit together, especially when you look back on the issue before. You know, it's like Beauty and the Beast. Mm-hmm. It's just Pasquale Ferry, man, I'd take a bullet for you, buddy. <laughs> I would. The man is a master, and and it, you know, so young too.
3: I got, I got a question though about this Ultimate Power cover. What's that? And I, I probably I'm going to probably be getting this series because I'm interested in seeing how Bendis writes so oh, *Squadron I, I, Supreme*.
4: Yeah, I'm getting it myself. But why is
3: um, first of all, that that's a horrible looking Zarda or Power Princess. Um, I'm not sure. I'm trying to think of which actress that's supposed to be. But Arcana
4: mm-hmm. <laughs> is. I, sh- I should have a snare drum. Boom, boom, pshh.
3: The um, the and and looks like shape back there looks like one of the guys from our gang the arcana why what's with the black canary sonic scream she's doing there she doesn't have to open her mouth to do anything to fly well not to, at least as far as her powers maybe go she's again. waiting I'm for team. me
4: hey <laughs> no you know what it was he he removed the uh, the member coming, oh. coming in from the side of the, the screen cap no okay we gotta lighten up we gotta lighten up on the guy you know and, and lighten up that's a good that's a good thing if you know if he just lightens up loosens himself to the point you know he's got the chops because he's proved it on nightwing the guy can do it but it, recently he seems to have fallen into this trap where the reference has become the you know th- instead of a means to an end all. it's to be yeah. all in the end all yeah right. and uh I'd, I'd like to see him you know loosen up let's see what he can do
3: you're right you're right I agree with
4: that. I saw that one cover where Thor was uh, mystically floating above the White House. I thought it was a woman.
3: Okay. Yeah. Maybe it was in the original (laughs) reference.
4: (laughs) Let's leave Mr. Land alone for a little while. Moving right along. We we don't need a whipping boy. We are a celebration of all things Marvel. (laughs) That's
3: right. Yes. Come on.
4: Yeah. And uh, now we're on Marvel Spotlight on Brian Michael Bendis and Mark Bagley. Now I have never uh, investigated the spotlight series until yesterday. I took a uh, a look through the Brubaker one with Billy okay. with Billy Tan. There's a lot of information in these books. There there's interviews and profiles, and you know you get some sample art. From the uh, the artist half, but I'll tell you the the uh, one is really good. I mean, they must be at least a ten page interview with the guy, and it's not, you know, maybe like a paragraph on a page. Those pages are loaded. Wow! Yeah, I was very okay. surprised because I just thought you know they were puff pieces, little blow off things that Marvel put out just to keep the names out there. Mm-hmm. But no, they they seem to be putting a little bit of work into these things. And there. and I just love that that Mark Bagley. Uh, Spider-Man, Ultimate Spider-Man 100 cover. That is so, <laughs> so so sweet.
3: Are there 100 Spider-Men on there?
4: I don't know. I don't know. And and the thing about the covers for Ultimate Spider-Man, I think the key to the success of those things is, well, naturally, Bagley, because he's so damn good, but Richard Eisenhof, if yeah. if there ever was a person that could make someone look even better it's isenof like he, he to me I he's the same thing as Terry Austin whenever Terry Austin hit pencils they became even even better you know isenof can make anybody look fantastic he just has an amazingly organic style where you know, everything looks perfect and, and and it's just the colors he, he chooses like like Maury Hollowell the, okay. You know what I mean? He's a key element to the success of the, of, of those covers, like, like Maury is with Civil War. Right. Yeah. I mean, Maury's just fantastic. The guy's so underrated. He should be a household name. Yeah. it's such, uh, And so should Isenov. The guy's great. And if you're not reading Ultimate Spider-Man, you damn well should be, because it's really good. And it's a Bendis book, so you know
3: <laughs> I,
4: I, I'm pushing it because it's good, not for the name.
3: Okay. Okay.
4: Like I said before, um, his Peter Parker and Mary Jane are very, very real characters. He's taken them to the point where they've um, developed to the point where the 616 Peter, Peter Parker and Mary Jane are. They're you know three-dimensional, real characters. He's got a lot of stuff going on in that book. And uh, 100 issues from the same creative team is nothing to sneeze at.
3: No, this is true. This is true. The, uh, and I do have... I have the... I have an oversized Barnes & Noble edition of Ultimate Spider-Man. I don't know if that's like the first five hardcovers or first five trades. I, I'm not sure what the story consists of. It's it's the first couple dozen books, I believe. So I, I do still have to get past like the third issue. I haven't... I've read up to that point, put the book down because damn thing's heavy. And uh, I, it's still on my bookshelf. I just haven't made my way back over to it
4: yet. Yeah. I have a couple of the trades but mostly uh singles for that because I can't wait. Okay. It's it's one of those books where you just, you know, you have to read the next one. Okay. Especially now with the with the Clone Saga, there's developments going on that are really cool and That's I cool. I can't wait to see how they play out. And for the record, I I was a fan of the original Clone Saga. I I liked every minute of it.
3: The original, uh, clone the Im- Saga from the 70s or
4: from. Um, the 90s? Yeah. Uh, well, starting with the Professor Warren thing around right. 142, was it? 143, around there? Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, just the whole thing. I thought it was very interesting. And then Ben Riley was a great character. And it's a shame that they kind of buckled onto. Uh, under the the reader uh, outcry and and ended that thing because I, I would have liked to have seen them you know keep Ben around in okay. some in some capacity you know he didn't have to be in the book every month but just keep him around you know
7: sure that
4: okay makes sense. yeah now we have Ultimate Vision and since I did not get the
3: issues where this storyline was a backup feature I'll probably get Ultimate Vision Zero and. Not only because it'll set everything up for the a, a miniseries the month after, but because
4: it's art by John Romita Jr. You betcha. You know, best in the business. And I'm looking at that cover and I'm thinking, you know, why would a why would a robot need to worry about gender? You know, I mean, the Vision, although he's very masculine and not very masculine, but masculine in form he was he always had that andro- androgynous vibe coming from him yeah you know that there's metal boobies on that thing you mm-hmm. know i just don't get it uh and the hip sticking out and the i just gonna say that you know it, it almost looks like uh tentacle porn you know or the beginning of tentacle porn <laughs> it's, going on it's there.
3: a cover that looks like it belongs on heavy metal
4: um well let's not Cut Brando short because he's he's damn good. Some of those heavy metal covers, those Luis Royo covers, uh-huh. uh, I wouldn't I wouldn't use them for toilet paper. But um, yeah, that I mean, that's a decent enough cover. I just don't get the whole why make the vision a woman?
3: Because she's a vision. I guess it's kind of like a play on words there, you know. Sell that,
4: sell that concept. Hey, I'm working it, Ed. Come on. <laughs> Well, we'll just have to see how it pans out. Right. Because I didn't read those. I skipped them.
3: I don't even know if...
4: Because I wasn't um, buying all of the Ultimate titles, so I I, I didn't even bother with uh, reading it. But now I can, which is cool. It's a good thing they're doing this. Yes. Always good. And I'm sure uh, she will appear in Warren Ellis' next Ultimate Project. Right? Okay. Well, I, I, I mean, don't
3: doubt it. I mean well, going back to the Fantastic Four, it says this this issue like leads into next year's ultimate event. So if um yeah. if Ellis is writing that then uh then I'm sure he'll uh, he'll want to use division.
4: And you know, you really can't go wrong with Mark Millar.
3: No, no. no and, you that, can't. and that's
4: the way Paul Jenkins uh pronounced it in Chicago, so I'm sticking with it. That's right. Millar. Uh, you
3: know, even, if even if Millar says it's Miller, I'm going with the drunken guy I sat across the table from than the guy <laughs> whose name it actually is.
4: That's right. And and here's the reason why I didn't read all the Ultimate Visions was because I don't get Ultimate X-Men. Yeah, I don't either. Yeah. <laughs> we sound like Bill Murray. Didn't say it. <laughs>
3: And and I sure as hell didn't read Ultimate X Men seventy five because well no see I don't know if we want to get into the whole Michael Turner cover bashing thing so I'm gonna move along
4: yeah let's do that skip Ultimate X Men if you enjoy it good for you Kirkman's a fantastic writer but that's I'm right. not I'm not getting it
3: that cover's pretty neat though with the Wolverine and Cable
4: is that how that is
3: that's that's oh Ultimate I cable, see, or... I see
4: the arm yeah 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 he doesn't have the uh... he's got the glowing eye, it's... he's
1: got the scar just not in this picture. <laughs> But as the three young people forge cautiously into the tepid waters of your home, two somewhat more sinister figures race along the swampside highway in pursuit.
6: Sure, I'm sure they took this road. I think. You think? Ha! Huh? You don't know how, drag. Oh, boss, I try. Hey, boss, look up the road there. It's the clown, dancing in some kind of spotlight. Only, where, where's the light coming from? He don't even look real. Boss, I'm scared. Slow down, you fool. You'll hit him. We don't want to kill him outright. Swerve, you idiot. Swerve. I'm swerving, but we're going to hit that tree.
1: The truck's gas tank explodes on impact, and the vehicle becomes a nova bright inferno, and the little clown stands watching gleefully.
5: Good evening, drag. How are you? I am fine. Where is Garvey?
6: (laughs) (laughs) Why, you little punk, when I get out from under this...
5: You'll kill me. Make me die. Where's Garvey?
6: You blasted right, I'll kill you. I'm mad now. Oh,
5: my. He's mad. But he'll still have to catch me. And he can't. Because he's too big and slow and stupid.
6: Maybe... Or at least I ain't no walking
1: joke. And not too far away.
2: Listen, voices. It sounded like crack. I didn't hear anything. Are you sure? No. It's hard to be sure of
5: anything in here. I didn't realize it would be this dark. There are so many little sounds, so many shadows. It's... Oh! That's no shadow. It's some kind of... Yeah. oh. oh.
2: Oh, it's got Daryl! Holy cow! It's the man thing! Take it easy, Ailton. I know this is hard to believe, but that creature won't harm us or Daryl. If that is the clown he's holding, he may be protecting it. And so, we better not start him.
1: Right. We'll move closer, slowly. And so, not suspecting that the man they seek to save is already dead, they inch their way through the dense swamp growth toward the spot where you stand. The hunk of earth you have chosen for the man's final resting place. And when they push aside the last clump of green, when they see the clown's limp body and the heavy branch in your mottled hand, Ayla draws the logical but wrong conclusion and panics. Heedless of the seeming danger you present, she rushes to the side of her fallen friend.
5: Daryl! Wake up! It's it's Ayla! Daryl! Oh no! He's dead! Dead!
1: You can feel this woman's deep sorrow. Your own head bows, but then another powerful emotional force makes you whirl, startled. How,
2: how could you? I'd almost come to think of you as human, but now, get out! Get out of here or i
1: Anger, aimed directly at you, emanating from a man you assume to be your friend. Why? What did you do? Why does he loathe you so? You cannot reason it. And even if you could, you lack the vocal mechanism with which you might explain to them their era. So you merely skulk away. Once you have gone, tears flow copiously.
4: Alright. Amazing Spider Girl. I I didn't
3: read any of the other hundred issues.
4: Yeah, I didn't either, but there's something about it that makes me want to read it. It might be the friend's art. I think so. I think so. I, you know, I I looked at that and I had to look twice because I almost thought it was Sal Basima. If
3: you, yeah, know. Yes. If yes, the, if you the look hero. at,
4: Yeah, but if you look at the the woman and the child behind, yep. That that's looks like yes. Sal's work.
3: Really, you think? Yeah. Oh, you you know why though?
4: I'm thinking,
3: and this is going to get me into a rant, so I really don't even want to get into it right oh, now. Oh, go
4: down the road. I'll bring I, you back. Go ahead.
3: I bet you this is inked. By Sal. And you would never know that by reading a Marvel solicitation, because God forbid they tell you who the hell's inking a comic book these days. Right. And man, if that don't piss me off, something awful. But I do believe that Sal's been inking Mr. Friends on the Spider-Girl stories for a while now. So, you know what? I bet you, in two months, two and a half months, and three months, we'll... Um, We'll see in the credits if this is a Ron and Sal cover, and if uh, and if Sal does the inks on the interiors. Because I do, I can definitely see Sal's hand. Um, I I see Ron. I see Ron Friends, especially in in the female's face in the back there. But I can I I, I can see inks by Sal on this cover.
4: I really like Ron Friends' work too. He he takes me back. Oh yeah. And that's oh, yeah. that's a pretty that's probably the best compliment I can give anybody. He, he takes me back to the Bronze Age, which is really good. I, there's nothing wrong with that. No, no. And you know what? Now that you mention it, they don't list colorists either. I just and, and I specifically went to the Civil War page to uh see if Maury was listed and he's not. And oh, yeah. that is a crime. Because yeah,
3: I mean it, and it's so it's you can't even tell me that if they're even gonna say if they even tried to say something along the lines of well, you know, it's okay if the anchor's not listed, mm-hmm. because the colorist can kind of fill in where the anchor leaves off. Well, okay, that's fine, but the colorists aren't even getting any credit in these solicitations either. If, right. if you didn't write it, or pencil as in layout, or just establish the way the page is going to look, you're not getting credit in these solicitations. I'm just begging you, just please don't forget about the anchors. Just give the anchors some credit.
4: Right. Now, the
3: colorists, yeah, we know that they that they've been doing a lot. They've been going above and beyond over the years, and there's no doubt about it. And if they I'm I'm I don't want to slight any colorists. They're great at what they do, or color artists, or however you want to to give their profession a title. I, I have no problem with that. I just pencilers and inkers have been a team since I've been reading comics for so long, it's always been Pencils and Inks by, and if you knew a penciler, you pretty much knew the inker that they were generally teamed up with, and it just, it was one team, and you always said it. It would say Written by, and then it would say Art by, and it would have both names, or it would say Pencils and Inks by, and have both names, and it just, for whatever reason, nowadays, they're just like, no, you know... The penciler does his thing, and then he scans the pages in, and then we get them, and then they ship them out to the inker, or mail them to the inker, or email them to the inker, and then the inker does it. So it's all digital, and it's still being inked, though. You can't tell me it's not.
4: Right. And not to slight um, McNiven and Vines, but Maury Hollowell is the real star of Civil War. I don't. You know, you can you can claim differently, but when I look at that art, that color just screams out. Just the the texture and the the uh the workmanship he puts into it, it's incredible. It's for me great. anyway, I think that book is all Maury.
3: No, the uh his 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 colors have do really make that book. I oh, mean yeah. the, the the pages are great. But and you know what and, and and it's inter- and you said it too. You said McNiven and Vines. Now, if you just looked at this solicitation, how the hell would you know Dexter Vines had anything to do with this book?
4: Because I'm intelligent. <laughs> well, we know that. <laughs> yeah. No, you wouldn't know because his name's not there. Come on, Marvel. Get, get with the program here. I'm begging you. Please. Bet you if Terry Austin inked a book, you'd see his name on there. Oh. How about that? Oh, man. I mean, he's probably going to come back now with uh, Claypool going under. He was doing work for them.
3: Yeah, yeah, but he was doing work also recently for um for the other guys. Because uh, he did a uh, he inked Marshall Rogers on a Batman story, Ah. so he has he has been out and about.
4: Uh, Who reads those books?
3: (laughs) (laughs) Nobody would taste a glass. Here we
4: go. Amazing Spider-Man five thirty-eight. I'm getting it. You betcha, Ron Garney. Um, Yeah, that's true. Yeah, Yeah. he's uh, he's amazingly talented, and the uh, transgressions. I think Straczynski. Made with the whole Gwen thing, you know, you got to overlook stuff like that too. I mean, I'm not going to let something like that squelch my enjoyment of a book that comes out a year or two later. You know what I mean? Uh, I I like where he's going with this. I like the whole Peter and Tony relationship that's going on and the, well, since day one. Peter's wrestling with the fact that maybe he's doing the wrong thing and it's it's typical Peter Parker. He's unsure and and that's how Peter should be. When Peter gets too confident, he's not Peter. Okay. To me yeah. anyway.
3: Right, right, right. You're right. You're right. Yeah, cuz it's that's true. That's true cuz even though he's still married to MJ, there's still that doubt, there's still that, you know, how the hell did I get this and you're and, right. And
4: there's always been tragedy in Peter's life even when things went well, something always happened to knock him down. It's that's he's he's, you know, the, the everyman of the Marvel Very universe. Very true. Very true. Yeah. I, I, I like what uh Straczynski's doing on this.
3: I did read the uh, the first few trades when uh, Straczynski and, and Ramita Junior were on the book. And I think I have the first four. And I, I did, I enjoyed it all so there was the 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 Ezekiel storyline and there you was know, some good stuff there. Um, and actually, yeah, I have all the trades with the, with the J.R. Jr. art. And then when Diodato Jr. came on, I didn't get those. Tr- I haven't read those trades yet because I'm just not a big fan of his.
4: You and me both. Uh but he we'll w- be
3: able to get to him soon enough.
4: Right. He's coming up. Next page is Friendly Neighborhood Spider-Man number 14, written by the... Peter David. Yeah. It's Yeah. It's a fun book. Are you reading it?
3: I I have the. um, I read the first issue, and I have the others because of the other storyline. And I have all twelve issues of the other story that I still have to read. Um, And I've gone back, I think, to a couple of Friendly Neighborhood issues and picked them up to so I can still read it after the other. But I haven't, uh, I haven't read it since that since that initial first issue.
4: I think that was a major blunder on Marvel's part. Yeah. Yeah. To start off. Uh, a new Spider-Man series in the midst, well, in the midst of a crossover, right? And uh, I don't know, I just think it uh, maybe didn't launch as big as it could have. Right. And, you know, and you tell Peter David, you know, you're going to start off your series with this crossover. I mean, who wants to do that? I'm I'm sure he had had plans for the character where he wanted. You're right,
3: absolutely. And, I mean, at least he got to do the first part of the event so at least he can kind of you know he wasn't it wasn't like his was the second or third issue in where he was here's this story now this is a story that you have to tell like you're being wedged in he can can still kind of do something in his own voice as far as the character Um, and then he was able to kind of continue that because he wrote the first three issues of the storyline so he wrote Friendly and Amazing and Sensational for that month. The next month, I believe, was Hudlin, and then the following month, Straczynski did the three issues, and then I guess they each did their own for their own title. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he kind of had—at least he was able to do something with, um, as far as telling his story that he wanted to within the confines of of this event.
4: No, in in recent issues, Peter David threw kind of a curveball in. There's a there was a time travel story. And an alternate uh, reality version of one of the long-lost cast members of The Amazing Spider-Man comes back, and it will freak you out what happens. So I, I won't say anything else, because you'll probably read it. Um, but it's 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 weird, and it's not it hasn't been resolved yet.
3: Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm there.
4: All right, I'll cool. put that up. And then we have Sensational Spider-Man.
3: I can't get off this cover.
4: Oh, it's fantastic.
3: It's a hot-looking Mary Jane.
4: I can almost see Madame Mary Jane's pants.
3: Yeah, That's and I'm, I'm digging her hair. I love it when someone actually takes the time to do all that to the hair.
4: Yeah, but I mean, now look I at that. Have, That's just so out of this world. It's like unlike anybody. I do have a question now. What's that?
3: This is a this is the first of three done in one stories, focusing on the women in Peter Parker's life obviously mary jane in this issue i'm sure aunt may who's the third who am i missing
4: um okay. maybe right. the black i wasn't sure if there was something th- that well uh, the black cat has been showing up a lot lately
3: and she isn't heroes for hire now so okay that would I be smart be. to
4: push her yeah the uh there was a recent five part uh story where she appeared in sensational so okay. I'm, I, yeah, I'm, I, I would guess it would be Black Cat.
3: And oh, what well, the um, what, are, what I honed in on on this uh, friendly neighborhood issue was one, Deb Whitman. The return of Peter Parker's old flame, Deb Whitman. Mm-hmm. I haven't heard that name since Peter Parker.
4: It's been a long time. And
3: secondly, the artist by or the pencils are by Scott Eaton. Is uh, is Ringo no longer on the uh, on the book?
4: Well, if you look through this catalog, and we'll, probably, and we'll get to it, Ringo's working on a lot of things simultaneously. Yeah, he's
3: doing some covers here and there. Yeah,
4: so uh, I don't think the guy has enough hours in the day to work on everything.
3: Well, I mean, if, if he did work on the first 12, see, even... Well,
4: 13 12, it, twelve, thirteen issues—that's that's not a bad that, run.
3: That's a run. So yes, I mean that's 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 kind of par for the course nowadays. So yes, yeah, so I could. I guess you know after twelve, maybe and he did.
4: Uh, he doesn't seem like one to jump around because he did a nice chunk of uh, Fantastic Four too, with oh, I love with Mark fantastic Ray. Fantastic Four. They they get to meet Jack Kirby. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Okay, now I'm I'm totally lost on this, these next two pages.
3: Yeah, so I'm not even. Although although the Spider-Man family featuring Spider-Clan kind of sounds interesting because I picked up the um, Spider-Man and His Amazing Friends one-shot from uh, last month, and that had Spider-Man, Firestorm, and uh, Firestorm, Firestar, and uh, an Iceman from the '80s cartoon. Mm-hmm. And there were there was. There was the main story featuring those three heroes. There was a reprint of an untold tales of Spider-Man story by um, by Kurt Busiek as the writer. And there was a Spider-Man 2099 reprint of issue number two. What's neat about this Spider-Man family featuring Spider-Clan one-shot is this picks up With a reprint of Spider-Man 2099 Number Three, so I'll be able to reread those stories that I lost so long ago. Just by getting these one shots, and I I, although I am not a big Scotty Young fan, so
4: yeah, I am. I I love Scotty Young's work. Okay, that uh, New Warrior series he did pissed a lot of people off because it wasn't the typical New Warrior style. Right. Well, screw them. That book was really solid. He's he's got a a great, light-hearted style to him and it's it's. I think it's a joy to look at his stuff but the thing that gets me about this book where I'm a big sucker for Spider-Man 2099 uh, I think the only new material that we're going to get other than the reprint is the cover uh, if if Scotty Young if, if C.B. Sabulski somehow injected Spider-Man 2099 into whatever the new story of this volume is I would buy mm. it
3: no, it's it, yeah. It's basically it, the main story, which is Peter Parker is the last survivor of a secret ninja group known as the Spider Clan, or so we thought. So that that main story is is new material. Then you'll have a reprint of Spider Man 2099 Number Three, and Amazing Spidey Two Hundred Fifty Two, which is what the first appearance of the black costume.
4: Right, and and see, I I have uh, both of those.
3: And and Marvel, Shadows and Light, number two, the date, whichever, whatever book that is. Yeah. So the main story is is the, it's like the old 80-page um, giants yeah. that, uh, that the other company used to put out.
4: And, and that's a good thing.
3: Know, and, yeah, you'd have the one story and then you'd have the reprint. So, But a lot of those reprints were kind of standalone Thunder One stories, whereas this is part of another, like I said, you would had 2099, number two. In the last one shot, mm-hmm. and that left off to be continued. And I don't know if number three went into number four, or if number three ended the story. But um, you know, if if you don't look for those back issues, then you either wait for the next one shot, or you just don't finish the storyline. Right. That would be my only gripe with 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 the setup. But it's still, it's and I do you know what I I do like the cover. So I mean, and you can't judge a book by its cover. So I do. I, I don't want to just dismiss. No pun intended. I don't want <laughs> to just dismiss the book because I, I don't want to say I'm not a big fan of Scott Young Or he did a um. Didn't he, wasn't there a Human Torch miniseries he did also?
4: Yeah, I think that was an originally an ongoing, wasn't it?
3: Oh, you think?
4: I think, yeah. Okay. That Next Wave stuff, wasn't it? No. No,
3: I don't think it was part of that. It was. It was a pretty much a, a standalone. Just. I thought it was a regular, just four issue mini.
4: It came out at the same time that Namer series came out,
3: and that was oh, that wasn't that part of like tsunami.
4: That's the one the tsunami. See, line. next wave, tsunami. I'm I'm in the ballpark.
3: Yeah, yeah that's true. Yeah, you know, monsoon, <laughs> uh, rainforest.
4: <laughs> but the thing I like is that Spider-Man 2099 absolutely refuses to go away. And that's, yeah. that's, uh, that's a great thing. That should thing. be their
3: next animated movie.
4: Oh, that would be so good. He, yeah. he's, he's in The Exiles. They're reprinting stuff in these occasional Spider-Man books. And Peter David did a phenomenal job with that character. Oh, yeah.
3: Oh, yeah.
2: Without a doubt. I didn't believe the man-thing was capable of this. In fact, it still strikes me as odd that I could face him down so easily. Unless...
5: I never told him how I felt. I'm so
2: ashamed. Oh, wow! How could I have been so blind? Ayla, look. He's been shot. The monster didn't kill him. But that's impossible. We didn't
5: hear any gun go off. And we just saw Daryl alive a few minutes ago. Didn't we? You know, I'm beginning to wonder about that.
2: So am I. We all saw something back there. But what? A ghost, maybe? Come on, Ruth. Under the circumstances, isn't that a little bit morbid?
6: Nice try, twerp. Play acting that clown's dead to protect him from me. Trag! Come on, clownsy. Stand up and get beat to death like a man, you hear?
2: Stop it, Trag! You can't kill a corpse. Trag, I said stop it!
6: You said. Why should the world's strongest man care what you said?
1: Perhaps you are the reason Trag should care. For despite your puzzlement at his earlier outburst, you still know Rory as a good man.
6: Who's the luck in the gorilla suit?
1: And Treg's assault upon him enrages you.
6: Whoever he is, he ain't on my side. So he must be on yours. So? He's a blasted living slime pool. But if he figures that's gonna stop me? This is a challenge for me. I know I can take any man. What a monster. That's something new. I sliced right through him
1: He has torn from you some small bits of your being Yet still you stand to all appearances unharmed
6: I tore into you, ripped you apart And you didn't even feel it
1: You are waiting for one reaction, fear For if this man or any man fears you Your very touch can burn his flesh to ashes But Trag is not afraid, only amazed He attacks again But this time, it is your strength which prevails And in the absence of fear, you resort to other, even more brutal, means to destroy your foe. But the memories return once more, the visions of needless, wanton slaughter. And though your instincts advise you otherwise, you allow him to live. And as you make that choice, the most bizarre event of this night occurs.
2: Holy leaping! What is it? What's happening to him? Or is it happening to us? Are we all losing our minds?
1: The warm night air has suddenly turned chill. As you stare along with the humans at the skeletal specter that has risen from Daryl's lifeless shell.
2: What are
5: you? What do you want? Why, I want to make you laugh. I want smiles and guffaws and grins and good cheer. And most of all, peace. What does any clown want but to make people happy? But I could not go on making others laugh when all I felt inside was pain. When the love I gave was not returned. But now... My soul is free. I shall feel mortal pain no more. And so I can laugh, laugh forever. <laughs>
1: you look and listen to the specter of a clown before you. And all that you know, Man-Thing, is that never has laughter made you feel so sad. But here's a name I couldn't believe on the next
3: page. Who did the interior art on this Avengers Next Mini? Ron
4: Lim. How about
3: that? He's a young gun,
4: isn't he? Uh, he should be. <laughs> He's
3: only been in the business for, what, 25 years? Then You know, Infinity Gauntlet. That was, what, yesterday, right? Yeah.
4: Not a big fan.
3: Not a fan of Ron
4: Lim? No, not especially. I appreciate his talent, but he never really did anything for me.
3: He was a really good Silver Surfer artist because he, re- he made him awfully shiny.
4: Oh, Yeah. The thing that disappointed me about the the Silver Surfer series way back was uh Marshall Rogers. Now I remember yeah. I remember Marshall oh. Rogers from by Terry Austin Ding. That's ding, ding. Right. Now that work was incredible. And then when yeah. I got the first issue of Silver Surfer, it was like there's something missing here. You know, it, it seemed like just the just a skeleton of 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 what he the man was capable of. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I don't know. But I stuck with it, as, as usual. Uh, I can't get away from the cosmic heroes. I just love them.
3: Oh, that's good.
4: Yeah. And written by Tom DeFalco. So, you know, uh, it'll be in the spirit of the uh, the Mighty Marvel Manor.
3: That's right. Yeah. That's right.
4: That was really corny. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it came out of my lips. I'm like, what in the hell am I saying this for? <laughs> All right. Annihilation number four. I'm there. Oh. Yeah, I'm gonna continue
3: with the series. What the hell? I'm not um I'm not really, you know, rocking to the covers but I'm I'm in, I, I think I the the interiors, I think the last time I saw DeVito's art was on uh was on the last was in Thor Disassembled, the last few issues of the Thor ongoing and I thought I, I really enjoyed it nice, sturdy strong line it was it was it, it was more than competent it was just it It did a great job and it wasn't it wasn't dirty it wasn't it um, wasn't scratchy it, it was it was a little beefier but it, it was a little reminiscent to me of John Bushima
4: wow that's a compliment
3: yeah I, I, I would say so. I mean I, I think that Bushima is definitely an influence on him
4: I see I'm a little wrong. bit of uh Starlin in his art too. Yeah. Just a yeah, just a, a, a tad. Little,
3: yeah, a little um like a taller Starlin. Starlin had a way of I I, I picture Starlin and no offense to Matt Kramer, I, I picture when, when I when I envisioned someone explaining a, a Starlin character, I either picture I either picture bow legged or um or someone who just got off a horse. Like no, the um they have like duck feet, the way they kind of just, the feet are just awfully, they, there's something in their stance, but everybody f- seems short and stocky, Please. whereas with DeVito, everybody felt taller, like they were standing upright.
4: Right. I think you lost a friend.
3: No, but, <laughs> <laughs> and, and and Starlin's a complete badass, man. He, he oh, yeah. like, he just got out of Oz.
4: DeVito, I think, got a little bit of a rocky start. At CrossGen, I don't know if if that was his uh, initial series with Mystic, but uh, I wasn't very impressed. But I was with the first issue of uh, Annihilation. I thought he did a solid job. Okay. It uh, it it was perfectly suited to the cosmic. Beautiful. Yeah. And did you get the um, the lead ins to Annihilation?
3: No, I did not. Oh, I they, was going to pick them up in Chicago, but they didn't have them all.
4: They were all great. Really? Um, yeah, if um if I had to pick, I would go with um Super Scroll as the best of the f- no uh kidding. Yeah, and it was the one I I didn't think I would like, but it had a a wicked twist ending. I I never, you know, I didn't see it coming. And you know, and the uh, the art had a an air of like a street artist to it. It was um almost I don't even know if this is a word, but it was graffiti-esque. You know, okay. like with uh, it was very loose and almost is it was like almost like something you would see scrawled across the side of a building, you know, in in one of the cities. It, it was really neat, and um, yeah, they were all very good. Um, Nova, who is a character <laughs> that that I just can't seem to get away from, uh, was really good. Uh, Ronan, they were they were all solid. There, there wasn't a stinker in the bunch. Oh, that's great. Yeah. And, um, moving on to, uh, we got a handbook, which I'm not getting.
3: Right, no, I, although I am getting one handbook, but it's not this one.
4: And, uh, Agents of Atlas, number four.
3: It gets, it gets uh, Brian Salazar's seal of approval. Well, that's an... I, uh...
4: I haven't read it yet. I read the first one. Yeah, D- It didn't, okay. didn't rock my world. Leonard Kirk's art is, is great, but, uh... And it does have a monkey in it, Tom, so I guess that would be, be a reason to get it, but I don't know. I just don't want to invest in it when there's so many other books out there I could be reading.
3: Like the, your Redeemable Ant-Man.
4: Which I'm definitely getting. Oh, hell yeah. Because Phil Hester's a, a phenomenal uh, talent. I just I, I love his he work. Is.
3: He is. I mean, and, and, you know, I always enjoyed Ant-Man, especially, like, if he appeared in The Micronauts, and, and I... I think I I did enjoy the Scott Lang Ant Man over the Hank Pym. Um, this one seems like a, a completely different take. It looks like it's going in a different direction, so I'm on board for yeah. that. And and I, I hate to you know bring it bring it down, but uh, you know you hear Phil Hester and who's the
4: name you always hear with it? Alice Cooper. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Close, close. <laughs> if if, if, if by Alice Cooper you meant Andy Parks, you're right. That's right. And his name's not even there. But you know he's inking the man on this book. It's like, God damn it. Uh,
4: Why well, you got to just... be hating like that? <laughs> <laughs> you got to be positive. Positivity. Yeah, well, you're right. I positively
3: don't see his name listed here as an inker. And
4: it should be. If, I mean, if they just, you know, scooch that text box over a little bit and put another line in there. Just a little bit. How much? I mean, they don't even have to put another line,
3: you know? No, right after it. Drop Phil the point to.
4: size down, put it all on one line, that'll be all and right.
3: And it's not like it's just, and, and I don't think Phil's even just doing the cover on his own. Even if, like, if, even if it was pencils and cover, and the cover was only by Phil Hester, then maybe I could kind of try to buy this one. Like, hey, we're not
4: really sure who's going to ink it this month.
3: But don't give me that BS, man.
4: Yeah, just. this ain't your daddy's Ant Man,
3: <laughs> for sure.
4: <laughs> That's what I'm getting from it. But and, to bring I, and I back
3: up a notch. We'll go back. We'll we'll, we'll uh, Dwayne McDuffie and,
4: and beyond. Right. And just to go back to Ant Man for a second. Oh, fine. Because while you're digging, I'm going to dig too. I oh, good. I bet my last dollar that this bug series will beat the shit out of the other company's bug series, which stinks on ice. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say about that.
3: I don't know. You like Ants, Morton, Beatles?
4: This one I do, yeah. Okay. I invested 18 bucks oh. in in the other bug. And what do I get at the end of 18 bucks? The suit is extraterrestrial in origin. No shit. <laughs> you, you can't tell that <laughs> by reading the damn thing? Whatever. You know, <laughs> i <I'd> just <say, laughs> I, I am... Yeah, forget it. Forget about it. All forget right, you're it. right. Dwayne McDuffie, so good to see that name back. Oh, yeah. Oh, and Scott Collins, another guy i take a bullet for.
3: And and Medusa's seen better days, it looks like, on this cover.
4: Yeah, and, she's and, she's taking a little nap. She's, refer, you know, replenishing herself.
3: Well, I don't know if she's taking a nap or if she's getting thrown about because no, she's she got yeah. De- Deathlock and craven uh, fighting down there. And uh, I wonder where the wasp is for uh for, for old Hank here to be uh, putting the moves on uh Firebrand over here.
4: Look at him. He's a player.
3: He's and and I I do like Collins Art or Colins or however oh, you want to pronounce his I, name. I, yeah. But here just looks a little bit looks a little too loose. It oh looks I, like I, he's just really expecting someone to just come in and, and make sure all the lines
4: connect. And if you really study the man's art, he does not use a whole lot of blacks. And and to get that kind of definition out of that few lines, I mean, a lot of the credit goes to the color is true. But, I mean, he's precise. You know, there's there's not too much that's wasted in there.
3: No, you're right. You're right. Uh, although, I mean, I, I guess I'm comparing. And maybe, you know, I'm not jumping to conclusions. I don't want to say, you know, maybe it was rushed. Maybe there was something else going on. I just, I'm, I have the first Marvel Team Up trade. And, and that, that work looks a lot cleaner, a lot tighter than, than this.
4: I think his, uh, in the issues that came out so far of the Beyond, that to me looks more like his flash work than, say, that Avengers Mightiest Hero series he did. Which okay. was really good, but he seemed to take a little bit of a, a departure from the, the the style that he had on the Flash. Okay. And it's you know you could tell it's all done by the same guy, but it it didn't seem as intricate. This to me seems more along the lines of that, okay. and it, and it's got Deathlock. Yeah, how could you say no to Deathlock?
3: You can't. It'll kick your ass.
4: Puda, get me a beer. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, and look at this—we just mentioned it, and here it is: Avengers Earth's Mightiest Heroes uh, Two. I think I'm going to pass on this, even if it's written by Joe Casey, whose work I I really like. I'm just going to wait till this gets traded, and then I'll take a look at it and see if it's. uh,
3: And I'll 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 wait till it gets traded because they'll probably reoffer or resolicit or relist the first story that you were just talking about. That oh yeah yeah. Oh, the covers by Dave Johnson. What the hey? Yeah, it's that's a, it, a very. Um,
4: that's an un-un Johnson Lee Johnson.
3: It is. It 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 actually. It looks that Hawkeye kind of looks like Collins in the cleaner, tighter stages that I was just talking about.
4: And look at the line work on the Black Panther. Now, the Black you,
3: Panther and the Vision. If you hold Vision's hand, look at Vision's right hand. Who does that hand remind you of?
4: It's a Kirby hand.
3: Yes, it is. Now,
4: if you hold your hand over the color part and just look at the line work on the Black Panther, the the on the white, whose line work does that look like?
3: That looks like um Oh, wow. Uh, oh, crap. The um
4: <sighs> I know you're thinking it.
3: Oh, damn it. Finish it.
4: Looks like Frank Cho, doesn't it?
3: Yeah thank you oh, there you go good. yes
4: see i know how you think yes, and and that's it, a compliment if there ever was one not so much know. in the in the part where he's holding the bow but that that whole black panther elbow and that the flag, fore, that yes. look, that's show yes it is thank you
3: my god yeah yeah yeah
4: absolutely oh we work so well together
3: yes we do
4: now we have black panther number 22 We're and some
3: funky shogun warrior looking stuff yeah
4: and I'm surprised there's not a pow in the little.
3: It looks like there should be, <laughs> especially with that with that burst right there.
4: Yeah.
3: Oh man, take me back.
4: Yeah, uh, I'm passing on that only because I read the uh, Black Panther trade that um, I, you uh, recommend. What well, did you recommend, it or did I just pick it up you, because you, of the you John
3: that I you and I were? I wanted to read it. I probably still will.
4: Right. But so you I didn't figured, recommend it.
3: No, I told you to take it. Yeah. We we were both looking at it, but I...
4: I see, I, I see latched it. onto it because it's John Romita Jr., God yes, Among Men. Did. And uh, I read it. It was a little bit too Chuck D for me. You know, really? a little bit too... Is it hand Agenda-ridden. Okay. I think. And and that's not a bad thing. I mean, you're, you know, right what you know. Read but like a Spike Lee movie? There were parts in it that were... I don't know. It just it 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 wasn't what I expected it to be, which I wanted a little bit more of what Mr. Priest did. Right. Mr. Owsley and it's not that at all. Uh fantastic artwork and uh, sure. the storyline was fairly gripping. It w- it was pretty good, but you know, if Romita Jr was drawing the series, I would get it, you know, just for his presence alone. Right. But the story didn't compel me to pick it up, you know, past that trade. So Okay.
3: Okay. And I, I mean, I was, um, I still have to finish it, but I have the storm mini and I have the black Panther. I have the bachelor party issue and the issue that takes place right after that, which is the wedding. So those are going to be the only two huddle issues that I've read so far. Cause I haven't read the trade. I haven't read any of the issues. Um, before the wedding or after the trade
4: now that you mention that do you remember the cho cover they did for that wedding issue yeah where you got friggin bishop on the side and he's got that little <laughs> that little tear coming down his face it's like that that friggin commercial back in the day with the indian crying over the garbage <laughs> I, I i looked at that and i said frank what are you doing man <laughs> But
3: well, see see something's wrong. If you were honing in on Bishop and his little teary eye and I'm over here checking out Kitty filling out her bridesmaid yeah, dress. Yeah,
4: well and then I, I'm quickly moved over. <laughs> good man. Yeah. Uh moving on to uh blade number three.
3: Uh I I ordered the first issue. I'm really not super, super looking forward to it since I saw a couple of preview pages from the first issue. Um not sure what the hell old old Howie is doing. Uh, aside from, he's not even phoning it in. I think it's telegraph. It, the art wasn't moving me at all, and it's possible that the only saving grace to this series might be the fact that since Guggenheim's been doing such a bang up job on Wolverine, that Blade might be uh, might take off in a similar fashion.
4: It might be a sleeper.
3: So I I don't I don't know if I ordered the second issue. And I'm not sure if I'm going to order the third. I haven't even read the first, so I might be jumping the gun. I might I might enjoy the writing over the art. And you know, I figured, what the hell? How are you going to go wrong with shaking? But apparently you can.
4: Yeah, I think he's shaking a little bit too much with the pencil. <laughs> yeah. Um, I will say that cover is
3: awesome. Yeah, Mar- yeah, Marco
4: Djurjevic, is, is it?
3: Yeah. Yeah, I'll go with that.
4: That's really sharp. I'm getting a Brian Wood kind of vibe from it a little bit. Yeah,
3: see, I don't know it, that whole little. Okay, here's the main image, and then in the background, you got you know all the 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 spray paint, the tag art, the things like that in the background. And it's just, man, I, I sometimes I miss my covers. And it looks like a bear trap coming down on his coat down there at the bottom. I think that's really nice. It's nice design work, but yeah. man, just, I'm I'm curious to know what it has to do, what the cover, if anything, has to do with the interior.
4: And you Except got that for the
3: fact that it 's about a woman who's dead and he 's got a bouquet of flowers in his hand,
4: and you got the little repetitive triangle motif on the bottom that Mr. Sienkiewicz used so well yeah no nah, i am passing on this i I haven't been thrilled with Chakin's last two projects i mean for i mean when when I heard uh Jakin and Simonson were going to be doing a book together that's a no brainer yeah really as far as i'm concerned I and had
3: 15 years ago it would have been
4: and yeah and it's just like how could something on paper sound so good and in the final result just be so damn wrong yeah just oh, I, I i think coward must have been in the right place at the right time and got a a, a bunch of zipatone really cheap <laughs> because there's a friggin texture on everything in that book and it's just so distracting now, I mean, he's used textures before on American Flag, but, you know, never like this. Unplug the computer or burn the Zipatone, but just, just cut cut it out, you know? Stop.
3: What was one of his last strongest works, The Shadow?
4: You know, I, if um, the house was burning and, and uh, I could only pick, like, say... You know, one box to save. I would make sure it would be the box with the Kirby, but uh, I would be tickled pink if that box also had the Blackhawk series in it. Okay. Blackhawk was unbelievable, so good.
3: Yeah, never read that. Wanted to, never read it.
4: Yeah, great stuff. Um, moving on to bullet points.
3: Ah, I'm a little leery only because it's destined to be the Marvels of the New Millennium. I, you gonna come out the gate with that?
4: I, I like Tommy Lee Edwards, but uh, I don't like the copy on this. Um, his bodyguard, M.P. Ben Parker. What's that all about?
3: I, I guess it's something. Uh, maybe it's like a what if you kind of story where. You well, just, it would have it, to be. It's, it's if the you know Marvel universe went off in a different direction. This, this Steve Rogers is a little effeminate. Yeah, I'm getting a very butch vibe from uh, from from. From the face there, please hmm. don't cry" kind of thing.
4: <laughs> <laughs> but that's me. Yeah, that's just you. Uh, with I know.
3: The metallic Iron Man in the background with the with the Kryptonite emblem. Yeah, I'm just going off on this cover. I'm going to turn the page before I just say something really bad. Let
4: us do that. <laughs> oh no!
3: No, we can't. Because see, the interior looks a lot nicer than that cover.
4: Yeah, I see a lot of Adobe Streamline in that art.
3: Oh really? Mm
4: hmm. Okay. Uh the the faceplate of the Iron Man on the right hand side page oh, that okay. that looks like that sucker's been streamlined. Neat little effect, but and, uh and thank god Iron Man needs a canteen in those pouches. Well he's got a drink. <laughs> Does
3: I don't see a little straw? Well maybe in one of the pouches. <laughs>
4: <sighs> that's a that's a kinda neat page though. I like that a lot. Maybe but they will make it
3: into a poster for you.
4: Yeah, I'm not gonna order it. Oh, okay. No, thank you.
3: Uh, Moving on. That's a mean badass look in uh, Falcon there.
4: You betcha. That's
3: Captain America, though I'm getting
4: it. A little I'm bit of Sean it. Penn, Captain America. A little bit. That's the that's the yeah. Ma- Madonna left me, and all I got is
3: <laughs> <laughs> all I got is uh, we're no angels.
4: <laughs> <laughs> oh, very nice cover. Epting Epting's very good. I like his stuff a lot. Yes,
3: he is. Her Hercules looks pissed. That's who. Be- that's Patriot back there, right? Yes, it is. Vision looks a little constipated.
4: He's a really, really cool character. Patriot.
3: Only what I've read is uh, is the first Young Avengers trade, so um, Mm -hmm. I I will take your word for it. And what I did read in that, I liked. Especially, you know, he was he wasn't prickish, but it was just like, no, I'm the leader. This is how we're going to do it. But okay, I got to go back home. And it's just like, you know, he didn't he didn't come off like a prick to me, like like another character would in that in that situation, if if he came across if somebody else came across in, in that type of manner that I was being introduced to I'd probably take a real disliking to him but mm-hmm. I, it clicked it, it really worked
4: interesting developments with that character in the second trade and I
3: I believe it has something to do with uh, the truth miniseries
4: yes it does
3: okay I'm, I'm so looking forward to it there you go
4: and the no brainer of the book Civil War number seven
3: well, oh, we're not going to get into the whole big brouhaha about it. Whether or not issue seven will actually ship in November, we won't worry about here and there. We're going to get it when it comes out, regardless.
4: Yeah. See, I wasn't even thinking of that. I and just, I just took a, a look at that, and I see when I go through the previews, I have a, you know, pen in hand, and I just circle the ones I want. Yep. And I it didn't even dawn on me that maybe it might not ship at that time. I'm, uh, I'm ordering it.
3: If regard when when this gets released and if people want to talk about it on the forums and you know they're gonna say, Well, you know, it didn't come out and, and that's fine. You know, but you know what? As you're gonna see in this catalog, there's plenty of other things you can read in its place until it does get hit. So like you said, when it comes out, I'm reading it, it's gotten, it's not a big deal if it ships super. So uh Civil War number seven is, is on the list.
4: Yeah. I would wait any amount of time for work of that quality.
3: I, yeah, you're right. The work, the work is great, and I'm, I'm enjoying the story.
4: I mm-hmm. really am. Me too. Now, I'm not a retailer, so my, uh, my bank account does not depend on this book shipping when they said it was going to ship, right. and in that case, you know, I can agree with the people you know, screaming the, the loudest and the longest that, yeah, it was not a good thing, but you know, you'll have this, and like you said, there's a lot of other things out there. Marvel, sure. can, Marvel can rush books to the to to print real quick. Do a, you know, put out a greatest hits, uh, Captain America or something. Just you know, put something out. People oh. will buy it.
3: Absolutely.
0: <laughs> Fleshy one Chris Equinox. Begin.
7: My favorite, uh, probably book as far as Marvel is concerned um uh, kind of across the ages is probably going to be the Marvel team-up from the late 70s specifically the run that Claremont had um, on Marvel team-up back uh, back in that uh, era that was actually my first Marvel book and gosh I was in grade school uh, my mom for a magazine drive uh, signed me up for that comic out of out of all the ones that were uh, available and Boy, well, when I got the, the first issue, it was Spider-Man and the Wasp versus Equinox, ergo my username across a bunch of the forums. To me, that was that was my gateway to the Marvel Universe. I, I wasn't getting Amazing Spider-Man, I wasn't getting Avengers or any of the other books that were coming out at the time. So, uh, you know, for me, the, the canon for the Marvel Universe and, you know, Spider-Man and the different characters at the time, it was, it was all in those pages, and, and boy... You know, whether it was Claremont teamed up with Byrne or any of the other artists that were coming along at the time, I I got a a healthy dose of of everything. You got your your character, you know, one-on-one character stories a la, you know, Spider-Man with uh, Luke Cage. You know, back in the the Afro and uh, Chain Belt days, uh, Fighting Fires with the the New York Fire Department. You got your, you know, uh, cosmic-type sagas with Spider-Man and Thor and Spider-Man and Havoc versus the Living Monolith. You even got your uh, spy and espionage. There was a, a great four-parter that Claremont had, and I think it was, I think it was Sal Buscema. Uh, I think he was being inked by Steve Um but it was, uh, gosh, I can't remember the exact title, but it was basically the Black Widow Amnesia um, series, a, a great four-parter uh, that brought in Shield at that time. My my first ever exposure to it, but. Uh, God, the, the memories that you know I, I, I get from those. Um, I hear a lot of people talk about uh, you know putting those books out in an, an essential or you know showcase type format. And to me, I I really just couldn't see seeing those in a black and white format. Got to got to see them in the, the full living color and you know, the gorgeous art that they had going on then. So to me, that that would be my favorite book of all time for the Marvel books.
4: Daredevil 91. I'm there. Yeah. Thanks to Mr. Chris Niesman, so am I. Yeah. And, and, you know, there's a guy. Every book he's ever recommended to me has been really good. And um, I've been a big Daredevil fan since way, way, way back. Mm-hmm. And um, oddly enough, Kevin Smith was the one who turned me off to the character. No yeah, didn't like that, that arc at all. Okay. And I never got back on it when bendis came on so i missed a nice big chunk of critically acc- acclaimed daredevil stories that uh now i'm going back and have to pick up so
3: and i have i have guardian devil in the trade cuz i did i did get the first couple issues cuz i'm a, i'm a huge kevin smith fan so i said hey you know smith on daredevil what the hell um and and for an editor in chief joe Quesada is a fantastic artist and no i no jokes aside he's he's doing a great job running marvel right now um but uh but you know i i'm not gonna shy away from quesada and palmiati on on daredevil so that was good although i wasn't real keen on on what quesada was doing with uh, daredevil father but um i i did read the first couple issues eventually i got the trade because i missed some issues during that guardian devil run and um and then when David Mack and then uh, Brian Michael Bendis came on board, I um, I wasn't reading anything of it, and it might have been because of the art. I, I don't think I was really uh, really feeling the leave too much. But I I will eventually rectify that, and and uh, I'll go back and I'll I'll read those issues.
4: And Ed Brubaker is certainly not a writer you can sneeze at.
3: No, he's done some amazing stuff with this book so far. Yep.
4: Doctor Strange, The Oath, number two. I did order number one. Yeah, same Iron here. Is in it. And
3: check out who's in number two.
4: Night Nurse. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Boy, <sighs> there's a blast from the past. Really? And she That's looks like only, she's got a little bit of perky, you know, things going yeah, on well, there. well,
3: maybe it's chilly.
4: That's all right. Uh, Marcos Martin did the uh, Batgirl Year One series.
3: Yeah, and, and it looked nice. I never read it.
4: Yeah, it, I thought it was pretty decent. Um, okay, his art in spots will uh, remind you of Paul Smith.
3: I'm, I'm getting that. Yeah, I'm getting that really. I, I can see that a little bit in, uh, in Strange Face. I mean, there's a little bit more detail than Smith would do, and a little bit, uh, it, it's a different look. But I can, I can see that, especially in the, uh, especially in the cape, and and, um, yeah. Yeah, I I, like I said I, I read the first one. I'm I'm thinking I, I'll probably continue it. It's only five issues.
4: Yeah, I'll stick with it too. I I always had a soft spot for Doctor Strange. Yes. And Especially Brian by Paul Smith. Oh yeah, and Brian K. Vaughan. So
3: yeah, and I've I've read um I haven't read too much by him. I did read uh, the first trade of Y, which I didn't go out and get anything else since. Um, I'm mm-hmm. not reading Ex Machina at the moment and I have yet to start the runaways. So, I haven't read a lot of on stuff.
4: Tell you what, I'm going to go out in one swoop. I'm going to get all the runaway stuff because uh, I'll admit it's not a book I uh, I read. You know, and and I keep hearing everybody go on about how yeah. good the runaways is. Yeah. And I picked up the uh Young Avengers runaways, right? Civil War thing and I like the team. I like the dynamic they have going on there. So, I'll give it a shot. Okay. And uh, there's certain people on the forum that plug the hell out of that book. So I think I'm going to buckle down and just maybe, maybe if I buy the first digest and see if it, you know, if I like it, then I'll, I'll, I'll pick them all up.
3: Just in time for, for uh, Mr. Vaughn to leave with issue 24.
4: Right. Well, <laughs> that's me. I know. Oh, here we go. Eternal Six of uh, Six, the, the big finale here.
3: Yeah, I heard that's no big deal.
4: Oh. Bite your tongue. <laughs> is, isn't that a cool cover? That really is. That is really neat.
3: It's almost Godzilla-esque. Yeah. But it is. It's it's, it's really nice.
4: And uh, I've and read It the, looks
3: like it's going to be double-sized. Yes, the first sentence, double-sized finale.
4: Yep. Now, I've read the first three, and uh, I'm not a... Big Neil Gaiman fan, but he he's he's doing very good work on this, and uh, you know the other guy's not too shabby either.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's a slouch.
4: Uh, if I only had a tenth of his. I do like the
3: covers though. Which ones? The this, the this is
4: yeah. This is another thing with the variants that they're
3: yeah. Getting. I've been lucky though. I've only gotten the berries so far. I haven't. Had, I don't have a third issue yet. I'm only in the. Mi- the second one and uh, and I am enjoying the story so far so I'll um, I'll I'll be there and uh, the hardcover will be out in the spring
4: so yeah I know anybody
3: that that is missing the uh, this this miniseries and didn't get on board they can uh, they can get it in another few months
4: oh buy the singles pick, oh I think so pick them up they're worth it
3: but if they can if they can't find them
4: I'm sure they'll be printed again yeah, yeah. Now, next page, Fantastic Four, five forty-three.
3: I-, I love this denture commercial. That thing is in.
4: Y- you know what? Up with those y- teeth? Y- you know what that says to me? Yarn man. <laughs> y- you remember Don <laughs> yes, Simpson? <for> yeah, <laughs> that's what that looks like. Yarn man. What the hell's uh, going on with that? That's awful, scary.
3: His grain of uh, uh, tracing as well.
4: Um, I don't think so. I just think.
3: Johnny Storm looks a little stiff.
4: That's an amalgamation of the the six one six thing and that damn movie thing.
3: Yeah, it's just oh scary shit. Reed looks like the father from uh, Alias, who played uh, Sidney Bar uh, Bristow's father. I forget his name. Um, actor who's been in a lot of stuff. He's also on a new show I think it started tonight on on Fox called Justice. He plays a lawyer, but um, and I don't know who the hell. Uh, and, and Sue Storm looks familiar too. This, this looks like it was it, it was um, there was some reference material used. I'm just I'm I just Johnny Storm just really
4: looks stiff. Yeah, I'm not digging it. it. It looks like they're about to go down to the basement and strap on the, you know <laughs> the the handcuffs and <laughs> start working the rack a little bit. I just the no thing
3: looks like he's really about to 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 hurt somebody and just and and, and in a really good way.
0: You have reached the end of part one. To the next time as Vince see and David Price continue this stumble their way through the Marvel Previews Catalog. By next wave or I will be forced to sneak into your residence in the middle of the night and stick parts of myself into your openings while you sleep. It will not be pleasant. For you, anyway. X51 signing out.